going back to the book of Colossians. In a quick review, if you will, we went through last week Paul being an apostle of Christ, one separated under the gospel of Jesus Christ to preach to God's children, the New Testament church. Paul mentioned this was the will of God, this was the power of God, this is the purpose of God to feed His sheep. He's writing to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. There's the important part, in Christ, which were at Colossae. These were Gentiles. They were carried away with strange and diverse doctrines, especially being Gentiles. Satan had many of them in deception, as he does most of the world. And Paul was writing unto them about the grace of God, which is in Christ, the peace of God, which is in Christ, and His Father, the God of glory, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven. He mentioned that they gave thanks and we should all give thanks. The context is about the Gospel and preaching the Gospel. These people were Gentiles. We mentioned last week from Ephesians chapter 3 where Paul said, and I'm going to turn and read that, to the Ephesians, Paul said, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. That just plainly means we know that Paul was imprisoned. But this is speaking of the prisoner of Jesus Christ, that he was captive, held captive to the Lord. He'd been given life. He was sealed with the spirit of promise. He was a child of God which can never be changed. He'd been born of the Spirit, brought into the family of God by adoption, and he could not be taken away. heard people mention many times, adoption legally is stronger than a birth right because it's declared by law that this child is adopted and it cannot be changed. We're adopted from the nature of Adam to the nature of Christ. This cannot be changed. This cannot be taken away. And he said, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, you word, the grace of preaching through the apostles, laying the foundation of the church, the gospel founded upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. It's about the gospel. The text is about the gospel. He said, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, or him preaching to the church. And here's the part I want to lay hold of. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Would to God that all his children could understand this. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that being the Spirit of God. Here is a mystery which has been concealed from the foundation of the world. It was not available to other generations. It was not available in other ages. It's now being preached 
It's now being given, as we see from Colossians and Ephesians, is by the will of God. It's from the hand of God. In Christ, the ministry belongs to Christ. This is a gift of God preaching to His people that they should teach you all the things in Christ from creation, which we'll get into a little later in Colossians, to the final day of judgment when every child of God will be delivered from this sinful world and the world destroyed by the glory of God for our God is a consuming fire and every one of God's children will stand in heaven in immortal glory and see Him as He is with all sufferings and sorrows behind. But the mystery, the mystery that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body the church, and partakers of His promise in Christ by the Gospel. Paul goes on and says, I was not called by man. I was not sent by man. This is all the work of God. It was purposed in God. The mystery that God had a people chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Let me explain something to you that the Bible teaches. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. I am the way to God, the truth of God, and the life of God in God, in Christ. Then He says in another place, No man cometh unto Me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. That teaches us the only way to God is in Christ. The only way to come to Christ is if God calls you. Now regarding Gentiles, the mystery has now been revealed through the preaching of the Gospel, which brings life and immortality to light that Christ came down from heaven to do the Father's will, that He would save every one the Father gave Him. The only way to come to God and know God and have eternal life is in the election of grace that was from before the foundation of the world. So common sense as well as the Spirit of God will teach us that Gentiles were among the elect of God that God chose and God gave to His Son before the world ever was in the realm of eternity. In that eternal covenant made by Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said, we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love, here's the great thing, and the love which you have toward all saints. We heard yesterday about the love of God from Romans 8. I enjoyed that so much. It's so refreshing to hear and to bring our mind into remembrance in this dark, sinful world that God loves us because we are the elect of God, Jew and Gentile, Jew and Greek alike, chosen from before the foundation of the world. 
Who can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Nothing. Nothing. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? For it is God that justifieth. That is a quite comforting knowledge to have. How do we have it? By revelation from Jesus Christ through the preaching of the Gospel. Paul is talking to Colossians who Gentiles, who as far as the knowledge of God, they were without God, had never known God, and Christ came to the world and established His church. He builds His church. The church of faith, yes, faith, whereby revelation from God and preaching of the Gospel, we have the knowledge of the Son of God. We have peace. We have grace. We have comfort. We're God's children. He loves us. How amazing. How amazing. Since we are sinners by birth and sinners by nature and sinners by practice, How amazing. This is joyful. Let's go on with the text and get to the new part. He talks about the faith, the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Christ, who is our hope, whereof you heard before in what? The word of the truth of the Gospel. Josh went from Romans 8 yesterday. The manifestation of the sons of God. What a man seeth, We don't see that with our eyes. We see it by faith. Why doth He yet hope for? What is our hope? It is the earnest expectation of the manifestation of the sons of God. 1 Peter chapter 1 teaches us that is Christ. Christ saved us. Christ died for us. Christ carries us. Christ will lay us up in eternity. I should say raise us up in eternity where we should dwell with Him forever. He's our hope. He's our earnest expectation. And He's in heaven in immortal glory now where He forever maketh intercession for the saints. Which has come unto you, speaking of the Gospel, as it is in all the world, that means every nation, every kindred, doesn't mean every person, the Gospel comes to God's elect and them only, to whom God hath quickened and given life and given an ear to hear. God saves you by His Spirit. God calls you to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ by the preaching of the Gospel. That is the work of God. For it is the power of God and the salvation, temporal salvation in the world, walking with God, manifesting Christ in us to the Jew and the Greek. As... Ye also learned Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. He was the minister of the church. Philemon, verse 23, Paul said he's also a prisoner of Christ. I do not know if he was ever imprisoned by Rome with Paul. Some speculate he was, but I do know this. He was detained. He was arrested. He's held captive by the bonds of love from the Spirit of God, as is Paul, a brother in the ministry and a brother in Christ. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. 
You know, we took communion yesterday, and the thing about communion is the, the, to show the Lord's death. Till he comes. To bring into remembrance. We need reminding because we live in a dark, sinful world. We're persecuted at every hand. We're hated by all that are of the world. We live in a little sheltered existence in this country. People think nothing evil can happen. Nothing bad can come. I hope the last two years has proven that false. God's children are hated in the world because the world hates the Lord. Period. Satan hates God. These things in the Gospel are comforting to us. They are thankful of the love they have in the Spirit. My family, natural family, when something happens and somebody gets hurt or afflicted or attacked, or sick. Our little close-knit family circles the wagons. We band together. And by the grace of God, come through. This is the same way in the church of God. Yet, even more so. We are bound together by our love in the Spirit. The Spirit gives us love because the Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And God is love. Let this sink in. He that loveth is born of God. Didn't say He's perfect or He fit my mold or He kept the law said, He that loveth. And I'm also reminded of another phrase. This will not be verbatim. The Lord said, oh, Somebody that loves much is forgiven much. So to me, the more we're forgiven, the more we love. Understand that. And think about the mercy of God. Paul said, "We also He also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. They were thankful for the love of the church. They were thankful for the congregation at Colossae. They were thankful that the love of God was among them, manifesting above all things for the glory of God, the love of God on His people. We have a knowledge, as was taught to us yesterday, that God loves His children. Everlasting. That means it never started. Too everlasting, which means it will never end. God loves us. And for that cause, and for that reason, since we're married to Christ, since we're born of the Spirit of God, since we're adopted by the Father, we're in the family of God. We love each other. We have a bond of love that holds us together. I'm going to tell you, brother, not only does that comfort us, no longer does that hold us together and, and cause us to be profitable under the Lord. Not only does the Lord protect us, that love comes from God. That love is God. And what a great peace we have in that love. He said, for this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, did not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled 
with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding back to Ephesians 3. And we see where He says, and I read this to you last week, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. We have a taste of this. We have a knowledge, just a small knowledge of this. To be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. God sent preaching to teach us of Christ. We learn of Christ. Our knowledge is increased. We pray for patience as we live in this world. I'm going to say this. I wanted to yesterday. But we fail sometimes to realize how patience comes. Tribulation worketh patience. The more we suffer, the more we are afflicted, the more we're attacked, the more we hurt. Standing in faith of God in Christ by the Spirit of God and the hearing of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We do not see Christ as a beggar with long hair begging you to come to Him because that is not what the Gospel teaches. He's not telling you, receive me, I need help. He's telling you that I have died for you. I have raised you up. I have saved you. You will stand in heaven and immortal glory with me. This is the riches of the glory of Christ. He defeated death and sin and hell and Satan. All His enemies. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, brethren, love. The love of each other. The love we have here. The love of Christ. The love that we were heard preached to us yesterday. The love by whom we see expressed in communion that His body was broken for us. That is, His blood was shed for us to save us. He was beaten beyond recognition for us. You want to make it personal? Instead of us, put your name there. If you love Him, He died for you. Here goes the Gospel. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, to know it to have it taught to you. A heart knowledge and a head knowledge. I can remember, I started to pass this by, but it's sticking, so I'm going to say it. The week before I was ordained, well, let me back up. I don't remember being born again, but a lot of people do. I don't remember coming to know God, but a lot of people do. Those that do, Tell me of a great change in their life. Start reading Matthew 5 and see what the Lord is telling those who were new 
to God and the aspect of their mind and knowledge. It's called Beatitudes. But I can remember the closer it got in the week before my ordination, we're talking about knowing the breadth and length and depth and height and the love of God in Christ. I felt so unclean. Yet at the same time, I felt so separated. I felt so rich in Christ. It was as if I was a newborn who had come forth into the world. It was like things were all new. I could understand and feel my depravity and my sin which convicted me, but at the same time knowing full well through the knowledge of the Gospel and the Spirit of God that although all that I was was sin, I was separated unto, the, unto Christ, to the Gospel of Christ, for the work of God, for the purpose of ministry to the church. Such a feeling I cannot tell you any other word but I believe bliss. Sadness, sorrow, and a great joy all one together. I wanted to escape it because of my flesh. And since then I have prayed to have it return to me because it's the greatest state I've ever been in in this world. That's the knowledge of the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now back to Colossians. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. That comes through the preaching of the Gospel. You first have to be born of the Spirit and given an ear. God does that work. But the preaching of the Gospel is where you learn these things. The gift that God, even in the law service, God told Moses that it was a gift of service to serve the Lord. It is a gift given to you when He ascended up on high. He gave gifts unto men, the church, the kingdom, the love of God by the one and only Spirit of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ the very Son of God that suffered so greatly for us. Paul says to these Gentiles who are in the midst of false doctrine that this Gospel brings forth the knowledge of the will and wisdom and spiritual understanding from God. That ye... There's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for the Gospel. For He called you by the preaching of the Gospel to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. What is that obtaining of the glory? Let's go to verse 10 in Colossians 1. That ye, there's an individual, might walk worthy of the Lord. Let's clarify. We are morally bankrupt. We are depraved. We cannot be worthy 
of our own self of anything but death and the lake of fire. That is what I personally am worthy of. Death and the lake of fire which will never cease. So then how are we going to walk worthy of the Lord? G-R-A-C-E. Grace. Grace came by Christ. Christ gave us life. Christ gives us the Gospel. God gave us the kingdom of Christ. Here we hear the preaching of the Gospel. The Spirit of God and the Gospel teach us to walk in the way of God. Well, I heard it and I decided I was going to walk in it. God forbid that lie. If you are in your nature, then you hate God, period. Okay? God sent His Son who died for you and made you holy and without blame before God the Father in love. And God calls you by sending men to preach the gospel in the kingdom of God and by hearing the love of God and the doctrine of Christ and the great work of Christ and the knowledge of Christ and the power of Christ and the might of Christ and mercy and grace to one who is undeserving. God in His great love causes your heart to swell with love and want to draw nigher and closer to God and in doing so and learning and studying and praying and worshiping God you draw nigh unto God and as you draw nigh <laughs> unto God by His work godly sorrow leadeth thee to repentance her adventure, God would grant them repentance by His work in the blood of Christ and His imputed righteousness. You walk worthy. It's all the work of God. It's all the righteousness imputed in Christ. But I go back to this as James says, show me thy faith by thy works and in showing our faith by the way we live and walk, Christ is glorified. You see someone, they walk in Christ. A child of God looks at them, oh, that I could be so. That I could walk in Christ. They have no troubles. They... Or without sin, this is how things appear to us. Yet little do we know about what they face. What temptations they face daily by Satan who seeketh to devour. How they must battle against their own flesh. How they must battle against their own nature of Adam, 
and all the desires of the flesh and all the things of the world and every emotion of man. Yet Christ brings them through. The Spirit of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory strengthens the inner man. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Be fruitful. That you bear much fruit. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another. That you love each other. This is the Gospel. The love of God. And the love of God in the church. The family of God manifested. Strengthened with all might. That comes from the Spirit of God. The Gospel manifests that. The Gospel, like bread or angel food or manna from heaven, feeds our soul. We see the chaos this world is in and we're fed with the knowledge of God because we understand we are not of this world. That the Son of God will appear and carry us to an eternal home. For we will never taste sin or death again. And I always go back to this, for I long for this. We shall see Him as He is. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power. Not just His power. I've fought people my whole life in law enforcement. So we've always exercised with weights and walked and ran and things to have power to withstand against people we would encounter much younger than us. It's not easy for a 40-year-old man to fight a 20-year-old man. So you work and you gain power in order to do so. We see the power of Pharaoh and the, the glory of Pharaoh and how that man-made and even satanic power was brought to naught by God parting a Red Sea and drowning them and by the way, fighting for His people and doing so. We see Russia over there today doing what they're doing well, they're meeting some resistance by the power of those people that are there and what they've got. But what I'm telling you is the power of God is much greater. It's the power of God of creation. It's the power of God from love, of life from death. It's the wisdom of God, of life from death. The creation and all things created. All the millions of the galaxies. We sit and look out across the dark heaven at night on a clear winter night. We see our galaxy. They're saying that I read there are millions of galaxies that God created. And in those galaxies, billions of stars that God created. That is the power of God. That is the wisdom of God. And it's all in our Savior Jesus Christ. does not sound like a beggar that needs help to me. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, the same power of creation, the same power of life, carries us daily in the Spirit of God. 
unto all patience. Tribulation worketh patience. All who walk in Christ Jesus shall suffer tribulation. All, period. Tribulation works experience, bringeth patience. Patience worketh experience. You become seasoned like a piece of steel tempered in the fire. That's why God said, I've chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. That's when we read Malachi where Jesus sets as a refiner of purified silver. When that silver and that gold has been purified to the point that the refiner can see His face. When we suffer in this world and Christ who carries us can see His face in us in the way that He's brought us to live and act. Christ is glorified. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience experience. Experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? He then tells us in Romans 5, because the love of God and the Holy Ghost is shed upon our hearts. Unto all patience. And here's bringing forth fruit to God. And long-suffering, there's love amongst brethren. And joyfulness, there's love in Christ. Because it is joyfulness. It brings forth joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father, God in heaven, the everlasting Father, which hath made us meet. This, one of my favorite texts Josh quoted yesterday from James. I can't even remember it now. But he talks about the Lord making us of His own will. That's it. Of His own will, the fathers. Begat He us with the Word of Truth. That came from God. It is the work of God to give you life, to give you the Gospel, to call, to give you repentance, to bring you into the Kingdom. And that's where we come to verse 12 of Colossians 1. Giving Thanks unto the Father. I have to stop and ask myself every day, why do I not pray more thanking God for bringing me to where I am? God, forgive me. My nature, myself in the way. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers. You understand that? God made us meet. God made us holy. The word means set aside. The word means sanctified, separate from. There's a reason Christ hang between two men. One on the right, the thief that cried out for mercy, was sanctified. He'd been set aside in Christ. 
separated from the one on the left, separated from the world, separated by, from death, separated from sin, separated from all of Satan and his devices and brought into the knowledge of Christ. Yes, the knowledge of Christ. And there wasn't a preacher there either, was there? Or a Sunday school. There was nothing but the Lord. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. There was a knowledge given him. He's made us meet. He's cleansed us. He's sanctified us. He has separated us. He has made us meet. Stop for just a moment. It does not matter who you are, Jew or Greek. It does not matter what you have done. And I said yesterday, it probably confused some people, but it's a fact. It does not matter what you do, who you are, or anything you have done, or how you live in this time, this world of time. We have joy in walking with Christ, but there's nothing that we can do and nothing anything can do or happen that will separate us from love of God. And every single child of God will stand with Him in glory. Now, how do we know who they are? Most times we do not. We see it manifested in some in the kingdom of God. We see it manifested in others that walk through the world and love each other and love each other and love their family. These people walking around saying the Gospel's got to, pre got to be preached to every country. We need to raise a million dollars and go over here and have a crusade and save these people. That is blasphemy. The Scripture of four preached the Gospel to Abraham. Galatians. Before there was a book of the law, before there were the five books of Moses, the Scripture, Christ, the Word of God, the living Word of God, preached before the Gospel to Abraham. Period. God does that work. Does not negate the preaching of the Gospel, which is what this text is about. For it is the means that God uses in the church today to call His people under the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. And we should be preaching everywhere the Spirit leads. He hath made us meet to be partakers. We have a part of it. He's made us this way. Partakers of what? The inheritance of the saints in light. We are in the church because we have an inheritance. It was promised to Abraham in types and shadows, the land of Canaan. But to church today, the church today is a place of light. Christ, the light of God. And we will stand in heaven and immortal glory because of the inheritance of the saints in light. Every one the Father gave the Son will stand in heaven and immortal glory. Not every child of God will come into the church. Not every child will hear the Gospel. 
There are many that don't hear the Gospel by a minister, but yet they will stand in heaven with Christ. That's manifested because they have love in their heart, love of God, love of family. But we, unto whom much is given, as much, much is required, we who have been blessed to come into this kingdom. Stop and think about it. Josh mentioned the sake of this nation and how it's been for the last 200 and some odd years yesterday. I love American history. Linda's people came here to flee religious persecution. My people were sent here as convicts for killing a king out of the deer's garden. But we all got here. God established His kingdom here in this land. It went through persecution. It went through trial and tribulation. And it still does today. But because this kingdom of God is here, God has blessed this nation richly. He's shielded us. He's protected us. Our government's not righteous. We brought slaves over here. We took everything the Indian had. We locked all the Japanese American citizens up in the, the prison camps in this country when we fought Japan. I can't say that was right or wrong. I wasn't there and don't have their reason or knowledge. I'm just telling you our government is not righteous. It's inhabited by sinful men. It always has been. But yet God has blessed us because the kingdom of God is here in this land. Well, don't you misunderstand me. I'm patriotic to fight anybody and everybody wants to run down my country. But this country is not my home in heaven. And this country is here because God's church is here. Let me get off politics. I'm going to say stuff I shouldn't say. <coughs> Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God has made us this way. Do you see? That's what the gospel teaches us. How has Satan perverted the gospel? God foreseeing all things in the realm of eternity before creation. Saw the fall of man, chose a people, gave them to His Son. His Son agreed to die for them, to raise them up. And they would stand with Him in heaven in immortal glory from every family, every tribe, every nation, every people, every tongue. How brilliant is that? That knowledge is given to us in the Scripture. And remember, he's talking to Gentiles in Colossae who at one time were without God in the world. How overwhelming is that knowledge to one God hath given light. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's a colon, it stands alone, but watch this. Who hath this God? Who hath Christ? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? 
He had defeated Satan. He defeated death. And he that had power over death, that is the devil. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning of God. In Him was life, light, light. And the light was the life of men. The light of God. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Even a child of God who is not yet born of the Spirit is delivered from the power of darkness eternally. Because we know that every child of God will be born of the Spirit at some point between conception and death because we must all be changed to see God and dwell with God. And we know He will not lose even one, so we all will be changed. There we, a child of God born of the Spirit, is delivered from darkness. Yes, He might stumble. Yes, He... Well, let me rephrase that. Let me be more truthful. Yes, He will stumble. Yes, from time to time, He will fall. Which is why we need to have the love of God and the love of Christ and love each other as Christ loved us. And forgive if there is repentance. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. We see the light of God. We see the light of Christ. It's written on our hearts. We hear it by the Gospel in the assembly of the saints, which is called the church, and hath translated us. What does that mean? God hath put you here. You did not come into the kingdom of your own. Now this is regarding... This is regarding the kingdom of God. Every child of God will come into the kingdom even if it's at death. Jesus said, Say ye not here nor there, for the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, for the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is the Spirit of God. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God plants His Spirit within you. When He does, you are in the kingdom. Now if you repent, take up your cross and are baptized, you're not just in the kingdom. You're in the assembly of the saints in the kingdom. That remnant of God we saw in Revelation, which God sustains to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Can we fall from that? Certainly. Did we attain getting there? It's a gift of God. We pray. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us. God put us here. Some refer to this word as transferred. He transferred you from the world to the kingdom of grace. I was in the world through Adam. God didn't transfer in my mind. God saved. God rescued. God took me when I was in the pit and lifted me up and set my feet upon a rock. And that rock is Christ. God put us here. 
And it's all His glory. It's all His purpose. This is to be taught in the preaching of the Gospel. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Upon this rock I will build My church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That rock is the rock of revelation whom do men say that I am. Jeremiah, Elias, one of the prophets. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What were the words of Christ? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which art in heaven. God puts you here. God reveals Himself to you. God gives you life. And then somebody that doesn't know any better says, well then why should I do anything? Because you love Him. And I dare say if you ask that question, you do not know the God of heaven as some are blessed to. Didn't say you're not born of the Spirit. Didn't say you're not God's child. I said you don't know Him as some do. I would rather die as sin against my God. I would rather God destroy me as allow me to sin against my God. But yet I do. And He saves. Cannot understand that in fullness. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Okay, I'm going to shut right there because i got five minutes left and we need to have conference. What verse 14? We'll start back over on 14 next week. Well, good Lord with it. 